27 of kicking it with breezy and don c is now live i've got danny belsito with me donnie Sherell here danny let the listeners and viewers know what you were doing today because i do not envy you one bit yeah so i woke up today after a long night not much sleep and uh had to go help my boy nick i know he probably does not listen to this podcast because he knows nothing about american sports uh his version of hype beast shoes is pharrell's that were popular two, three years ago. Um, so he probably doesn't watch this, so he won't be mad that I'm hating on him. But, you know, I had to help him move. Got hot all of a sudden. It was supposed to be cool today. Had to help him move out to his new apartment, downtown Charlotte, which is going to be good. But like you said, uh, not to be envied. Helping somebody move is, uh, is a workout. You don't exactly get the same gratification as a long run through the neighborhood. So that glad to be true. done. And I was excited to get here and uh, hop on with you. So here we are. Well said. Well said. Talking about long runs, though. Tell us about your new spot. I know you found a new spot in Charlotte that you're trying to get some runs in. I got I to gotta link up with you soon. We can get a run in together. Yes, sir. So I was uh, over the last couple of days, I was looking for a new spot because I feel like when you find a new running spot, it kind of just brings you a new motivation, a new challenge, everything, you know, new scenery. Once you get comfortable in a certain situation, it kind of becomes repetitive. You don't really enjoy it as much. You know, the challenge is not really there. So I, uh, I posted on all my social media who has some good spots in Charlotte and uh, shout out good old Morgan Gray registered nurse now Morgan, Morgan yes RN Morgan got her out good for her um she's told me that the little sugar creek greenway is one of the best spots in charlotte so i got really lucky that is over there i started at freedom park which is one of the premier hangout spots walking spots unbelievable spot in downtown charlotte and i run down towards charlottetown avenue which is funny enough it's right where i get my hair cut so i literally know the, the area real well pretty shaded run next to a creek so it's always pretty cool relatively flat which is completely the opposite of my neighborhood which is just filled with hills they're killing my knees so man this was a a very refreshing spot you know first time out destroyed every pr got to go four miles flat without stopping which you know as you mentioned the last time you did it's not an easy task so i was super happy about that and uh hope to hope to run on it you know a couple times a week and i'm definitely hyped when uh, everybody gets back hopefully in the next couple months to take a couple of Sunday uh, drives over to Freedom Park, maybe yes. go run the trail. So hoping That'd to get back great. to that. I'm definitely going to get these uh, new balances, some work on this trail. That's for sure. I know I'm, I'm, I'm bragging on you a little bit, but you've got to show off the haircut. It's been a while since you had a haircut. Last episode, you didn't. Oh my gosh. For those of you that can't see who are just listening right now, you don't have the joy of being able to see Danny's fantastic new blonde slash brown braids. Is that what oh, we're yeah. feeling? Yeah. So the top, blonde that i did back in january i think is really fading off so i'm like i either gotta cut this all off or i gotta i gotta do something with it so braids was the decision here we are i like it i like it all right let's jump right in we've got a lot to talk about first we're gonna start with tennis your sport danny what have you been hearing about what's going on for schedules in the future for guys getting back on the court yeah, so kind of one of the debates over the last couple of months really has been when the ATP returns, how can they kind of bubble? You know, that's kind of been the thing a lot of these sports are talking about. How can we bubble? How can we get players to be safe in an area where they don't have to travel, where everything's coming to them? So the first thought back was the U.S. Open. So that t- typically happens, for those who don't know, in Flushing Meadows in New York. So the governor of New York, uh, 
Governor Cuomo came out a couple of days ago and said that they have agreed with the USTA to bring back tennis at the U.S. Open. So I thought, okay, where are we at? The end of June, the U.S. Open is meant to be starting on August 31st. So it gives players time to train, set up transportation. I believe one of the stipulations is the teams will be very much, you know, lessened. They will not have a full team. It'll be them and a couple of people, which I think is a great move on their part. But then I realized, no, it's not starting in New York. It's starting in Washington at this point, which starts August 14th which is obviously Washington, D.C., so they're going to fly to D.C. They can't bubble because they're not in New York. Then the Cincinnati tournament, which typically runs a couple weeks before the U.S. Open, moved to the week before the U.S. Open, August 22nd, and that's going to be played at Flushing Meadows at the U.S. Open's you know, site, so they'll be able to bubble there. The problem with the U.S. Open that a lot of players, you know, lower-ranked players I've been complaining about is when they agreed to bring back the U.S. Open, they cut the mixed doubles draw, they cut the men's and women's doubles draws in half, and they cut the qualifying draw. So the only people who qualify are the 128 who qualified. And one of the biggest talking points in the, the ATP and WTA is the, the gap between the top players and the lower-ranked players. And all the lower-ranked players are saying, this is just another chance to widen that gap. We don't get a chance to get points in qualifying. We don't get a chance to qualify and upset somebody ranked ahead of us, get more prize money, be able to push ourselves so that's one of the biggest things that's being argued right now. A lot of players are saying, this is ridiculous. We're traveling there. You know, we have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea how many people we can bring. We have no idea when we're going to be tested, where we can stay, where we're going to start, all this stuff. And they just released the ATP schedule. And it's literally going to be a week in Washington, followed by a week in Cincinnati. The next week, U.S. Open. The week after that, Kitzbühel in Austria. The week after that, Madrid Masters 1000, which is one of the biggest tournaments of the year. The week after that, Masters 1000 in Rome, which is one of the biggest tournaments of the year. And the week after that, the French Open in Paris, obviously the, one of the most premier tournaments, the Grand Slam. So how can you promise that people are going to get bubbled when they're going to get bubbled for three weeks and then go back to traveling on a normal schedule? So a lot of players are saying, we don't feel comfortable leaving. There have been top players in both ATP and WTA, Novak Djokovic in the men's side, Simona Halep on the women's side, who have said, I'm not leaving Europe. I don't want to leave Europe. I don't want to come there and not know what my schedule is going to be. So there's a lot going on right now in the ATP, man. I don't know about you, but my first response was, if you're going to have that tournament played and you're trying to bubble, you got to move more than one tournament there. You can't just have two tournaments there and say, that's your bubble. And now for the next six weeks, you're going to be traveling to different countries with, with one or two coaches with no recovery team bubbled in I don't understand how it's going to work and the craziest thing before I get your response on that the French Open which is meant to be started September 27th I believe that they just backed that up one week so I believe it may start on October 4th now they're still planning to have fans in the crowd so you can tell they have no plan they clearly have not been looking too much to the health officials to say something even that crazy right now, when let's be honest, people are talking about not having fans for the entire NFL season. If the NFL season even happens, which I'm sure we'll get into, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing for me. A lot of players are complaining. It's another way to divide the players. And as a lot of them say, it's another way to widen that gap, which is one of the biggest problems in the ATP tour, you know, the prize money discrepancy. So we'll see how it goes. Obviously I'm excited to see sports back. I'm hoping that tennis comes back and they could do it safely. But in terms of those lower ranked players who, Let's be honest, in most sports, that middle range of players is what makes the sport great. If it was only superstars, there'd, only, there'd be a pretty small league. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, somebody always is going to have to get you know, the short end of the stick, but I'm hoping to see tennis in the next couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's tough when you mentioned, too, I think the one, that's, one thing that stuck out to me was 
the players potentially being able to leave. How do you know? You can't really factor in the idea of the unknown because you're not going to know where they're going to go. I mean, they're human beings. They're going to go where they please. And I know in another point we're going to get into the NBA, how they've actually got a rule in place where I'll pull it up right now just to read you know, to you just to make sure we know what we're talking about. If a player is going to leave and they want to come back after not being approved or being approved you know, for a save like birth of a child, very special occasion for their family, 10 to 14 days back in self-quarantine reduction in compensation for games missed. So if you leave, if you leave that bubble, it's not just going to hurt you. Well, it's not just going to hurt your league, I should say. It's going to hurt you financially uh, when it comes to your game. Physical-wise, you're going to step out of that bubble, which is you know going to be huge with the NBA, which we're going to get into. But for tennis, really, I mean, you think about it, there's a lot less people <laughs> when it comes to a team. There's a lot less on the court, exactly. You know, the referee, the ball boys, and the tennis players. So I could see tennis really coming back and lasting. You think about it. I mean, the people are distance, as you know. You're far enough. You don't have to go talk to your opponent. You don't have to go shake hands with him. I don't see why not. Why? I mean, why can't tennis come back? Yeah, I don't know. Like, for me, the thought is, you know, in most of these sports, you know, if people come back and they're all tested and they're constantly being tested, it sounds safe, right? However, tennis is different than every other sport, really. You know, I mean, a couple other sports have brackets, I suppose, but not professional sports, really. What if a player wins his first three rounds, makes it to the round of 16, gets tested the day before, has a fever? Are they going to delay that match two days to see exactly. if the fever comes down? Exactly. No. Because the players are going to have fevers. They're, they're going to play long matches, three, four-hour matches in the heat. Just because it's quarantine doesn't change the fact that it's going to be hot at the end of August Ooh. and early September. It's going to be hot. So they're going to have fevers. What are they going to do? What if a player tests positive who's in the semifinals? All that TV revenue, gone. So then – that's going to hurt the, it going on. And then what? Then they're pulling out of tournaments. Then they have to leave. Then you got to test every player. Are they staying all at the same hotels? Are they all staying on different? You know what I mean? There's so many things. When you, know, when you mm-hmm. talk about the UFC, it's 22 to 26, 28 fighters on a card with three members of their team there. All can be in different things. They're never going to really see each other. They're never going to like, I mean, they're obviously going to fight. But outside of that, there's no real in- interaction. In the ATP, that's what they're so used to. They're giant draws. I mean, 128 men, 128 women, plus extra doubles players on each side, plus the referees, plus the ball boys. Like you said, they're going to play with no ball boys. I mean, they might end up playing no ball boys. You got to get your own ball, maybe two ball boys instead of six and play. Who knows how it's going to go? Maybe they'll have less referees. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. But I completely agree with you, though. In terms of the actual, you know, execution of the match, tennis does have the best chance. Tennis and UFC for me are the best because it's one-on-one. It's one-on-one. It's a ref staying far away the ref's never going to like get near the players you know the closest player gets to the players is the ball kid throwing the ball put the ball kids in gloves problem solved there you clean the gloves up put the fresh gloves as they walk on they're not touching the ball and then the only people touching are the players who would have had to been tested and hopefully tested negative and been able to play so i think that's where we're at on the tennis side i'm hoping it comes back because for me the more sports that come back and the protocols that they're putting in place and the policies and the health you know like I said, the, the policies and the stuff protocols that they're putting in are teaching the other leagues how they can do it most efficiently. I think that's the biggest thing. I think in this type of situation, all we need is information. That's what helps people the most. We've learned that from the WHO, CDC. More information kind of calms the soul, kind of gets us all thinking, okay, things are going to be okay. I think that's how it's going to be in sports. I think you're going to need to figure it out. We've obviously seen an 
almost every sport that's decided to come back, I believe every sport actually, people have tested positive. I mean, in, in soccer, which I know we're about to get into as well, there are coaches, players who tested positive, who we saw play in the last couple of days. So it's possible. I mean, they can make it happen. I'm just worried, like I said, in a tennis tournament, right? If a dude makes it to the final, I mean, God forbid a guy gets to the finals and test positive or has a fever. Like, what are they going to do? I mean, obviously, they're not going to have to refund fans. So that's, that's obviously a help. But, you know, they put their finals on NBC. They put the final on CBS. Those millions of dollars in TV rights. And all of a sudden, that's going to be out the window because a player tested positive because, you know, we didn't read the signs. We didn't do temperature checks, yada, yada. I mean, that's just the risk that I think they're, they're willing to take. But I just think in all these sporting events as well, let's see what top players decide they're against it. Let's see what top players say, I don't want to go to Orlando in the NBA. Let's see what top players say, I don't want to go to New York because that's going to be the biggest difference. If all the players decide to go, they're not going to change anything. They'll be reactive. If players decide they're not going to play, you, you might see a more proactive approach from the other commissioners in the league. So I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm excited to see some tennis. That's for sure. Well, as you mentioned, one of the things that helps keep us going is information. And we got a truckload, a truckload is an understatement of information from Woj and Shams on Twitter. I mean, literally my phone, I have, first of all, I have the notifications up for Woj and for Shams. Shams, yes, Shams, I don't know how to say it. I'm just going to go with Shams. He's just point. a genius. Um, right. But, at this point, I've got all of their I've got all of their tweet notifications, so I get every single tweet that they have, and my phone is filled with them. I'm going to read you my favorite one. It's the NBA's Orlando campus amenities. Get ready for some fun. Hotel amenities for the players. There will be a players-only lounge with NBA 2K capabilities, TVs, gaming, pools slash trails, barbers, manicurists, and pedicurists. 24-hour VIP concierge. Daily entertainment. There's going to be movie screenings, DJ sets, video games, ping pong, pool, lawn games. And to me, my favorite, players can attend other games. And I saw someone tweeting that Joel Embiid in a gym by himself is the deadliest weapon the Philadelphia 76ers can put out during this playoff run slash season we're going to have in Orlando. I honestly, first off, Hats off to the NBA. I've said it time and time again. Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all of pro sports. We mentioned Adam Silver's at the top. And just a quick little, I hate to, I hate to bash the MLB, but it's probably Roger Goodell, you know, 50 feet of, of garbage, and then Rob Manfred. Not to hate on Rob Manfred, but the MLB, I see you laughing, Danny. You're getting to me. Kind of to hate on, on MLB. <laughs> Kind of hate on Rob Manfred. He's not doing much here. It's no, it, it's it's painful to see. I mean, I was we were talking earlier. Who's the anal, who's the woge for the MLB? And I told you Jeff Passan. Literally, all I see from Passan, MLBPA proposes seventy games. MLB rejects. MLB counters. MLBPA rejects. MLBPA rejects. I mean, I, I can't take it. It's painful. Mike Greenberg had a had a segment on ESPN the other night about all of the commissioners when Silver came on with Dame Lillard and. And Rob Manfred came on, Roger Goodell, ton of the big names. And Rob Manfred, I mean, was said to be saying, you know, five days ago, 100% we're going to have a season. And then four days pass, uh, not 100%. What are you doing? Uh, has Silver said anything like that? Have any of these big name commissioners put out a promise? It's really just we're going to do everything in our power we can to get these seasons back. And, and hitting on a lot of your points for tennis, I mean, tennis and the UFC, I agree with you, they're the most – easy sports to, to social distance with. 
basketball and football, I mean, I was going to say earlier, and I'm going to say it right now, I'm scared about football. I really am. I mean, you talk about basketball, how hard that is, and there's what, 20 people from each team on the bench and on the, you know, on the court at the same time. Football, that's not even – no. You've got the whole sideline. You've got the whole training staff. You've got the players. You've got the coaches. You've got the medical staff. You've got the anal- – I mean, you have so much, so many moving parts in football. And as you said, too, how are they going to do a bubble for football unless they've got a place where they can have three stadiums? Because the, the NBA, I was reading this, too, they've got three stadiums in Orlando that we already know for the summer league, for other purposes. I'm looking at the schedule right now. I mean, it's, it's – I mean, it's literally no – no room for error. I mean, if you mess up, this whole thing could, could, could fall to pieces. But then again, who really knows what's going to happen? It's really scary to kind of just close off on my tangent when it comes to everything that's going on. But at the same time, I applaud those who are trying their best to try and get sports back to somewhat normal times. And that really, to me, is all that matters in the end. Yeah, I mean, for me, everything you said is spot on. And especially talking about the NBA, I I think when you have all those activities that they're offering these NBA players in this bubble, like it it almost sounds like a vacation for most of these guys. It's like, there are going to be some guys where they're missing their newborn kid or their wife may be pregnant and they don't. But there are also a lot of players who are just single 22-year-old dudes who don't have much leaning back. They're like, like, all I got to do is play ping pong. No doubles ping pong. Which was one of my fun, which was one of the funniest things I saw. How can I'm you glad say, you mentioned that. Yes. How how can you say that? Oh, no doubles. Like it matters. Like they're they're all they're all gonna get tested. They're gonna be sitting uh. next to each other on the bench, and you're worried about doubles ping pong, man. Like invest in a, a little more in a fight. Your don't fight every battle. You know, like uh, pick your battles. Um, but I but I think it like you said, it's the best way they can do it. And considering where they were in the season also is a big deal, right? Because they're coming to the end of the season. They had a, a, you know, a playoff structure already set in place. We knew that we were getting closer to the end of the season. And then at the end of the day, the NBA makes their big money on TV rights. As much as attendance is a big help, that's more of a help just to like operations of the team. And these teams are doing all right when it comes to but operational budget. I can promise you that they're not struggling when it t- comes to attendance. Here's where I believe Rob Manfred got tripped up is he realized, wait a minute, we got 600 games that they play in this. I mean, how many games at this point, the MLB teams play 162 or something like that is the normal. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to suggest as a fan who a guy who used to play baseball. So baseball players don't come hate on me. Don't come to me. And this guy also played a baseball basketball player. If I remember correctly, um, yeah, I'm trying to get this guy to do a spit take with the water. That's my goal on one of these video sessions. It's going to happen. It's not, but I, I promise I played baseball. I play, I understand, but I understand the speed of it. I understand that the fans in baseball are struggling to renew season tickets. I understand that filling a stadium for an afternoon game on a Tuesday ain't easy for most of these teams that aren't named the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, you know, these big, big, you know, city teams. I think Rob Manfred thought, well, I got to play a season. Like we got, we got to get a season going. I don't, I, I wanted to say to all my fans, we're going to come back a hundred percent. There's going to be a season. We're going to have players in, in Arizona. I want to say, we talked about this, what, two months ago, they're going to have the teams bubble in Arizona. They're going to be playing at colleges and pro parks and whatever. Can we just talk about how it's going to be hard enough to do that for baseball? How can you do that for football? To me, you can't, you can't, right? I don't, don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, Danny, but you can't. No, don't I worry. mean, it's, it's no. really just 
It shows you, though, again, the NBA is the team with the advantage. I think that you can use that with really anything. I mean, they've already got over 75% of their season done. So really, it's just the playoffs. And then after that, you know, they can they can go ahead and go be with their families. But Silver also mentioned in that call when Mike Greenberg asked him all the dates and times, he's thinking of starting the season for the NBA literally like not even, what, two months after the proposed Game 7 finals date, October 12th? I mean, yeah. I mean, but really though, you can't you can't knock anybody. I, I get that there are some there are some leagues that are that are really trying to struggle and they're and they're playing catch up right now when it comes to comparison to other teams or other leagues that are in front. No one's no one's dealt with this. No one knows really what the right answer is. So you've got to have some patience. But at the end of the day, when you see other leagues, like hats off to all the teams or all the leagues in Europe. I mean, really, I want to take a second. I want to transition into soccer. I know you had some more about the NBA, but I think we talk enough NBA, right? I think we're okay to, we're okay. to kind of just go go on to soccer. Hats off to soccer. I get that the virus situation is a lot different. I think it, you know, I saw an article, not an article, a couple of actually figures that Rachel Nichols posted about Germany, Italy, other countries that were really hit hard in the beginning. And now they're pretty much that curve that we mentioned, you know, the US was was peaking, and then a lot of these European countries have, have dipped. The U.S. is still, I think, hovering near that curve, which really just irks me. I get that we have a lot more people, but, you know, whole other conversation. So the leagues in Europe have implemented so many great things. And I think that, I mean, La Liga was, was happening today, the Premier League yesterday, Copa Italia final. I mean, it, it was awesome. But have to get your opinion on this. Do you like the artificial crowd noise? Oh, man. I mean, I was – I can't even I can't even put into words because I was watching a game yesterday. I want to say it was either uh, it was either Sheffield and Aston Villa. I think that was the game. I want to say that one of the teams, whoever was playing at home, they had the reactions in the crowd noise. So let's say there was a missed shot. About two, like three or four seconds later, you'd hear, "Oh, you know, like you would in a normal game." But it was so delayed. It was so funny. I don't want to make fun of them, but I mean, let's, let's laugh a little bit. It was, it was terrible, but I wanted to hear your reaction about how soccer is going right now overseas. Yeah. It's funny you say that me and, uh, me and Jonesy actually hopped on a FaceTime for those who don't know, Matt Jones, my Shout out Jonesy over at Wingate tennis. We were FaceTiming while watching the man city arsenal game, just talking about how interesting. And then I realized mid game and he didn't even realize, wait a minute, there's crowd noise. What, what are we hearing? What, what is that? And you hear and it's the same recycled, you know, crowd. It, it was hilarious. It's just, uh, 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 uh. there's no ups, no downs. It's just like a murmur, like a murmur of sound. How about this? In the Napoli Juventus game in the Copa Italia, they had virtual like colored boards in the crowd. Yes. I couldn't believe it. To be honest, I, I will be honest though. It was weird. It was a little bit uncomfortable for the first three minutes. And then I felt a, like a nice warm surge of happiness. Like, I was like, I want to hear this. And I was telling Jones, yes. that, I go, let's be honest, guys. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is watching NBA, NFL, soccer, UFC to see the faces in the crowd. No one cares. We care about True. the yelling. We hear about the chants. We hear about that trash talk to the other. That's what's important. So if you can at least put a little bit of artificial crowd noise it helps me, helps me enjoy it. It helps me think, you know, we're in a little bit of a more normal time. I do think the best, one of the best things I saw was in that Man City Arsenal game. They had a board next to the goal with fans of the teams on the Zoom call. So you could see their faces like they did for the NFL draft. 
I think that's also genius. I really think all the leagues should do this. And it's funny, you know, you talk about, I was talking about the NBA. I was really going to transition to soccer and say, we've been talking about bubble this, bubble that. None of these teams are bubbling over there. But there's a big difference. These countries' populations are a little more sympathetic for each other than ours. I'm so happy you said that. I don't want to be the guy to say it. I don't want to bash on all my friends who have been out on lake trips with 30 people and beach trips with 30 people. You do what you got to do. Do what you want to do. True. But if you could have delayed that for maybe six weeks, we would be seeing numbers go down. Yet, unfortunately, the numbers are not going down. The numbers are staying where they are. Phases are going to be delayed. Travel is going to be delayed. So when Europe, you see how it is. Yeah, I want to copy how their leagues are going. But I also would love to copy how you know, their shutdowns have been, how their quarantine has been, how their lockdowns have been, how their measures have been put in place. Unfortunately, we're in a country where everybody wants their freedom and they don't want to be held down in you know, for a curfew. They don't want to be held down in wear a mask in a Starbucks. And that's, a, that's an issue. I'm sorry, I'll say it. If you want to come bash me, bash me. But that's also why I'm on this podcast. I, I like when you bash me. It drives me, you know. But at the end of the day, soccer's going the way they're going. Let's see how it is. Basketball's going to come back. I like what they're doing right now with, you know, six or seven teams in a hotel each. This bubble is going to be unbelievable. I can't wait to see all the social media. That's what I'm most excited about. Oh, yes. Social the media memes. posts of all the players Bring them playing on. ping pong. Man, that's how tennis is. For those who don't follow tennis, it's all players. Oh, he's doing this in the spa, whatever. It's hilarious. It's part of getting to know their personalities, and I'm excited for that. Very. But like you said, it's worrisome sometimes. Sometimes it you is. think about the NFL – are they going to be able to come back? They can't bubble. You can't bubble 32 teams. It's going to be tough. Those games are three and a half, four hours long. And that's the game. That's not the ins and outs of the me. Everything's going to take longer. They're going to need three, four stadiums. Maybe they could go to LA. I'm interested to see, but I think we're going to see nothing, truly no updates for the NFL until basketball starts. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. So I'm interested to see how basketball starts. And as much as we're talking about it now, there's still five more weeks, six more weeks until the basketball season starts. So a lot is still going to happen. A lot is still going to happen. But I love, like you said, love the planning. Adam Silver is just to be absolutely celebrated for being the pinnacle of the leadership in sports leagues. Honestly, Dana White has a lot of trouble, right? He's in a lot of trouble when it comes to, you know, dealing with contract negotiations. But it's him and Adam Silver when you come out, guys who are just saying, hey, listen, this is hard, but we think it's worth it. So we're going to do it. And I think that, that's, a, that's the right way to go about it in this. You've got to spread positivity especially in this day and age. And this is a way to spread it. So I'm glad that they're doing it. I agree. Very, very happy. I think a lot of sport leagues, God willing, they'll come back and God willing, they'll stick around because it's been really, really hard to not have our normal sports. And I get that normal may look a lot different. I think Danny and I are two guys that really understand that because we've had conversations off the air where we just express how, how we need to be so much more realists rather than be delusional and think that, oh, everything's going to be fine. You know, it's good to have hope, but it's also good to have a balance of being real, being hopeful, praying hard, having good faith. Everything's going to work itself out as long as we take the precautionary measures that are necessary. Now, that's enough of Dr. Belsito and Dr. Shirell, but let's get into some kicks. Danny, I want to start off by saying I saw another picture again right when I woke up this morning of the beautiful ASIC Gel Light 3s, courtesy of our guy Sean Witherspoon, $164 $164 for retail. Interesting, interesting uh, number right there. But what are the chances? Give me a chance from one to 10 that we can actually get our hands on a pair of these for a decent price. First of all, Sean Witherspoon, 
is a genius. He's one of my favorite designers. I hate that his relationship with Nike didn't go the way that it was supposed to. I think that could have been a long-term relationship. The problem is Sean Witherspoon isn't like a lot of these guys who wants to conform to the way Nike does things. He has a way he wants to do things. He wants to use different materials. And Nike said, okay, well, we gave you that, the first SW971. Now you're going to start to do things the way we want you to do them. Uh, and he didn't want to do that. So here he is with ASICs. And I know he has another collaboration with another brand. I can't remember what the brand is, but in the, in the pipeline, I saw one of his Instagram lives. But to answer your question, one through 10 to get those. I think the bots are going to be working overtime to get those I shoes. So I think much. we're going to struggle. And the one thing I'm scared for you is ASICs tends to release small shoes. <laughs> so I'm scared that oh. they might not even have a size 14. I've seen them. They release shoes that go as high as 13. So I'm hoping to get the 14. If they do, though, I think you could have a decent chance, much better than me, in getting an 11 or 11 and a half. I mean, I'm in that top of that money range. But I think getting a 14 and those on release might not be that hard. And I've seen a lot of resale predictions around 400 to 500. And we all know size 14 tends to be towards the bottom of that scale for most releases, not all, but for most. So you might be looking at a $400 check. And I know you got some shoes back there that you've been talking about trading in. And I know you're putting in all the hours right now when it comes to working with different teams shout you out for all the work you're doing so i know those checks are going to start coming in heavy so who knows maybe you save a little money trading a couple pairs to old cola kicks shout out to the homies at cola and maybe you can pick those bad boys up but i'll tell you right now with all those tearaways all that corduroy on there so beautiful if you've heard this podcast once you've heard me say it a hundred times materials on sneakers are what wake me up in the morning so that those excite me about more than anything, man. Tearaways, oh, unbelievable. All those different check or not? I guess not check, but I don't even know what you'd call that A6 checkerboard thing that they have as a logo. I guess just yeah, logo. We'll say logo. All I know is it looks good. All I know is it looks good, and everything Sean Witherspoon does looks good. So I, I hope we can get our hands on those. I think you're gonna be looking at about four or five hundred bucks is my prediction. Oh, we'll see in a couple weeks where I'm at in terms of that prediction. I've been pretty on lately. I think we're looking at about a five hundred five hundred dollar top, but. Is that the shoe that you want to get your hands on or are there any other shoes you've been looking at for the next couple of weeks? It's tough because I really don't see myself even getting them. I mean, you mentioned that they may release smaller shoes. So if they even do have a 14, how, what's the quantity going to be like for a 14? I bet you it's going to be super, super limited. I guarantee he's already got a ton of friends that probably have as big of a foot as mine and the homie Nick Kucheris that came on size 14 bros. So I really don't know um, if that is even a possibility, but I do have to mention, and I know it's been getting a lot of flack on social media, the Yeezy release calendar, to me, I may be off. I may be just bored because I really want to buy some new shoes. It's been a while. The last pair that I got were my butters that I did not pay for. Shout out to mom. Thank you very much. I love you. Um, But the Yeezy calendar, man, I'm looking at it right now. I know the names are really weird. Zion, uh, Israfil. Azriel, Abez. I mean, what the heck are these names? But I mean, the colorways I think look really good. So I'd love to snag a pair of those. And as you mentioned, if the hate is still going to be as big as it is right now when these drop, who knows? Maybe the resale won't be as much. And that would be perfect for a guy like me who doesn't like to open the biggest bag when it comes to getting a nice pair of shoes. So who knows? But I think the Yeezys and or the new new Yeezys that we'll release. And the Sean Weatherspoon Asics are right there, right there at the top of my mind. What about you? What's a shoe that you want to pick up this summer? 
Well, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, you're a guy who likes to not drop a giant bag when it comes to sneakers, because anybody who knows me, who listens to the podcast knows that I am not afraid of dropping a big bag on a pair of shoes, you are trading not. around, hustling a little bit and finding a shoe I like. And one shoe that I really like that has a New York inspiration, which is always near and dear to my heart. When they start releasing shoes out of Charlotte, I'm buying all the pairs and who knows, maybe those shoes that are going to come out of Charlotte will be designed by your boys, Breezy and Don C. You never know. We might get our own collab here coming up soon. Hint, hint. Just kidding. We're nowhere close. But when they come out, all of our OG listeners will be getting the, a pair signed, handwritten letter by us straight to your door. So Can you imagine yeah, if we could create our own shoe? If there was no incentive to listen, there's more incentive. I think, I think honestly, it, happen. as the episodes go on, we need to bookmark one where we sit down and we get a silhouette of a shoe and we literally just go artist mode and we look at the types of material we could put on it, the logo, who would want to go with any other inspire. I think we need to do a whole episode really, honestly, now that we've got a lot of time on our hands, design our own shoe and have it just bookmarked just in case, you know, we could come back to it and maybe show it to a designer and say, Hey, would you be willing to make us 20 pairs of these? Just a thought. Just a thought. I love it. I think that's a great idea. That, that, that could definitely be a little, our, our first implementation on ig live as well we could be posting that on for our friends of ig live but yes the shoe that i've been looking at that is rumored to release around holiday time the end of this year is the air max 90 bacon which is an older shoe that was inspired by dave's quality meats in new york lovely little butcher shop i've walked past it a bunch of times when i've been there unbelievable design got the bacon colorway so beautiful and the original bacon was on an air max 180 which i mean you could never find for reasonable prices right now but this new bacon that came out i don't believe it has any collab with dqm dave's quality meats so i believe this will be easier to get my hands on i am looking forward to getting those i love the colors the brown the pink the you know the tan colors i love it i need to get my hands on those that is a shoe that i'm glad is coming out during the holidays because you know what the holidays brings checks from the family so <laughs> hopefully those will be coming out hopefully nothing else gets delayed i know we've been talking about all those nike delays but there are some shoes coming out the sneaker market never slows down it yes. is not like the stock market it may have its ups and downs but you can always get the bang for your buck when you buy a pair of shoes so I, I, i'm ready i'm ready for the shoe market to come back because i'm definitely like you i am uh, i'm ready to drop a bag we need to do a similar trip like we did close to what six months ago last time you were here in lexington when we went around and did our little Charlotte and Columbia trip, we need to go and just hit as many stores as we can because I've got some money that's saved up. Not a lot, mind you, but just in case, you know, we want to stop in, get a couple pairs of shoes. I need that. I need that for and, my soul. And I, and I think we should definitely look into getting a little cheap red eye flight over to LA, visit our guy, Noah Eagle. Yes. Check out Melrose because those <laughs> shops. Wow. Wow. That, that should be a plan. If we do fly to LA, I think we can agree. Maybe we're going to wear like hazmat suits just to, just I'm for done. it to happen. I'm done. Cool. All right. Or we I've just wait your... till 2022 or so. Wait Perfect. till we're about 200 episodes in. Maybe we've got our own show on, on the network somewhere. Then maybe they'll fly us out to LA thinking big here, but I think virtual, virtual handshake. We're going to, we're going to go. go. Um, to close Danny and I have really been, we've been really happy to bring you guys this content. Uh, it's been so fun. At least speaking for me, I know I'm speaking for Danny in this case, really the highlights of our week. And one thing I want to touch on just real quick is something that I've really thought about and I've really been, um, it's been on my mind a lot being that there's a lot of people who may be going through some certain things at home right now that we don't really know. And wanted to also quickly shout out, I know he probably won't hear this. I say probably, he definitely won't hear this. Kevin Love, 
uh, is going to receive the – Danny's laughing when I said Kevin Love. but If Kevin whatever. Love hears this, we're doing something <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. But Kevin Love's going to receive the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the 2020 ESPYs. And he's been a guy – he had his article in the Player Tribune not too long ago about mental health and his struggles. And I get goosebumps, Danny, talking about it because so many times we look at athletes as machines. I'm guilty of it. I know you're probably guilty of it. Um, being an athlete yourself, you may not even realize it. We look, to, we look at athletes as, as idols and as people who are expected to perform and do everything at the top of their ability. But athletes are humans, man. I mean, I think we all know that. And Kevin Love, in his article in the Players' Tribune, to close, first off, he touched on all of his mental health issues, or not issues, I would say, uh, battles um, and things that he's gone through. And he really closed it off best when he said, everyone is going through something that we cannot see. And I think that was a perfect quote to cap off our episode. I don't want to be too somber because we're not somber guys. We're very, very happy, but you never know what someone's going through. So if you are hearing this right now, if you're watching us right now, keep that in mind. If you know of a friend who may be going through something, it does not hurt to give them a call, text, message, anything. Check in on people. Danny and I do this a lot. We check in on each other. We check in and see how we're doing. What's work like? What's school like online? What's you know our next plan for the podcast? Because that human interaction is, is so priceless. And I think really too, mental health needs to be at the forefront of people's minds because it can slip away from you. Uh, not speaking from any crazy experiences myself, but reading things like Kevin Love just to show that we're all human and we're all going through something that we cannot see. Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, truly, I love that you mentioned that, man. I love that. Um, obviously, him getting that Arthur Ashe Award, you know, obviously gives me a little bit of goosebumps seeing as I won that Arthur Ashe Award this year. Um, for the Southeast region, that's obviously a big, big deal for Kevin Love. I mean, he, he spoke out and he got a lot of criticism when he spoke out. A lot of people calling him soft, you know, those haters coming out. Oh, this guy, you don't need to speak about this. Just shut up and play. And oh, wow, how bad can your life be? You're making millions of dollars. You have no idea. And like you said, one of my buddies, Christian, who, who told me he listens, so I hope he hears this. He posted a tweet that, that said something along the lines of, you know, be nice to people, check in on them because you are God's reflection, which I thought was really cool to say. And he's right. Like you said, I, I feel it's unfortunate that we're in a society and an age bracket right now that somewhat emasculates caring compassion. They kind of make, you know, worrying about people and having sympathy for what they're going through and putting yourself in other people's shoes and, and praying for people and, and just giving people a hug and calling them to tell them you love them is some sort of I'm doing air quotes for those who are listening, feminine thing to do. No, this is a human thing to do. This is what caring people do. This is what people who want to foster relationships do. And when you talk about mental health and things that, you know, people can't see, I was planning, you know, this is a good transition. I was planning to hopefully be able to get into a, a, an episode with you where we do discuss that because I think that is something that I think a lot of people do deal with. And I know it's something that over the last couple of years, and, and once again, I, I hate to pat myself on the back like this. A lot of my friends are probably saying, no, Danny, you love to pat yourself on the back. No, I don't love to pat myself on the back in all situations. But, you know, a lot of people have talked a lot about some of the things that I've achieved, quote unquote, throughout the last couple of years at Wingate and awards and whatever. But I can tell you, I've dealt with the lows of the lows with mental struggles. And all my friends can, can vouch for that. I've dealt with 
serious, serious struggles. And I would love to talk about that. I'm sure you have. I'm sure a lot of our friends who listen have. And they can relate to that and take some positivity from it. So, guys, be on the lookout for an episode where we do get into that. We do touch on mental health battles and, and just tell some stories because I think that's just as important as bringing you updates on the sports world. I, I really do think what we do and what me and Donnie love to do and where this podcast stemmed from for me as an idea and with him to join me was – do we love to talk about sports? Yes. Do we love to talk about sneakers? Yes. Do we have a great relationship that we wanted to grow even more? And this has been a way that we've absolutely built a brotherhood, not a friendship, but a brotherhood between us. Yes. But the thing that we, in my opinion, truly like match in each other the most is wanting to help people to be the best that they can absolutely be in every possible way. And this is a way we can do that just to bring you a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness to hear some familiar voices and hear the stories that we go through. I can't wait to have that episode. I can't wait to bring some of our buddies on as well and talk with them about their lives and their struggles because I think that is just as important in this day and age, especially with everything that's going on right now with these movements right now. I think it's very important that we don't just touch on sports because sports is important, but it's not everything. And what Kevin Love came out and said and what he's going to be appreciated and celebrated and awarded for speaks volumes to that. So I think that's a great way to end. I love that quote by Kevin Love, and, and I'm excited to see what he says when, when he receives that award. It's everything you say, Danny, always, always sounds great. So thank you for, for, count, for responding with that. Always well said. And for those who love hearing our familiar voices or now seeing our familiar faces, if they really love to see our smiles, You've got every chance to now with our episodes. This will be our second episode now on YouTube, our 27th in total. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. And we can't thank you guys enough for supporting us. Please continue to support us as these times move on because we are always going to be front and center delivering content and showing love to those who show love back. That's going to do it. Episode 27 of Kicking It with Breezy and Don C. Thank you. And we are out.